Blog Talk Radio. for joining me yet again today. I would like to start by saying a few words about Corey Ten Boom, especially since we um, deviated from her last week. By far one of my most favorite authors and personalities. I got to know about Corey from her book, one of her books, one of many, 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 many books, The Hiding Place. She's written quite a few, and uh, we can mention those at the end of the show, as long as I remember to do so, at least mention some of them. But this woman, uh, I think she's one of four children, if I remember correctly, two brothers and a sister, Betsy. I don't remember her brother's name. But this was an, an ordinary family, a regular family like any one of us might have. <clears throat> and her dad was a watchmaker. I'm not going to go too much into the, the um, whole background of his watchmaking business, but let's just say that that is it is where um, it was a meeting place, one of the meeting places where this family just stepped out in faith out of kindness to help others. And that's certainly something that just sticks with me. Um, I grew up in a family where my parents were also always trying to help others. Certainly not in this way, the um, Ten Boons, because they were in the midst of persecution against Jews, although they were not Jew, Jews. And uh, and the other thing is, I grew up with a, a, a huge population of Jews, and so that's another reason I, be, excuse me, believe that Corey's story rings so much with me. The other reason is that. It's based in Christianity uh, in terms of Christian belief. And not to say that only Christians uh, are selfless and loving and uh, they reach out, try to help others. And I'm not saying that all Christians do that either, but um, that should be our platform. The Bible tells us you will know them by their love. And so we should be known by love and helpfulness. And the Ten Boons were certainly that. They um, hid Jews. They fed Jews. They clothed, helped to clothe them. They helped them to escape. And so when their time came to be arrested, 
they didn't fight against that. It would have been to no avail anyway, but they knew that they were, quote, guilty in the court of people. So uh, I want to pick up with one of the readings that um, I have for for this show. <clears throat> Excuse me. And the scripture comes from 2 Corinthians 4, chapter 4, verses 7 through 18. And it's from the New International Version. But we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that this all-surpassing power is from God and from us. We are hard-pressed on every side, but not crushed, perplexed, but not in despair, persecuted, but not abandoned, struck down, but not destroyed. We always carry around in our bodies the death of Jesus so that the life of Jesus may also be revealed in our body. For we who are alive are always being given over to death for Jesus' sake so that his life may be revealed in our mortal body. So then, death is at work in us but life is at work in you. It is written, I believe, therefore I have spoken. With that same spirit of faith, we also believe and therefore speak. Because we know that the one who raised the Lord Jesus from the dead will also raise us and present us with you in his presence. All this is for your benefit so that the grace that is reaching more and more people may cause thanksgiving to overflow to the glory of God. Therefore, we do not lose heart. Though outwardly we are wasting away, yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day. For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen. For what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. And I have to say, both in reading the book and in watching the movie uh, of Hiding Place, it, it, it just becomes so real, so alive. These scriptures become so alive. They were so important. And at the center of Corey and her sister Betsy's uh, navigation while they were there imprisoned at at Ravensbrook, especially Betsy. I think maybe without Betsy, Corey would not have become the giant that she actually became. Betsy's face was so contagious. She saw when the light, lights got into the, the encampment of the women, into, their, into the women's barracks, and Betsy saw that as a blessing because it kept the men out from coming in to take advantage of them. She, her words, words that I uh, placed in the, in the profile, that there is no pit so deep that he is not 
deeper still. I mean, I, I, I can't tell you how many times I thought about her words um, as being applicable to something that I was going through. And it is true that there really is no pit that is so deep that God's not there. Actually, Corey herself, when the Lord re- released her from, from the prison, it was supposed to have been a mistake the next afternoon, I believe it was, from the time she was released. It was a clerical error, quote, error, because in my thinking and in the thinking of, of many, that was a plan that was ordained by God, that she got out. Women in her age group were not being released. They were being killed. And Corey went all over the world before she died. And she remembered these words from Betsy. There is no pit so deep, but he is not deeper still. And she would share that with many of her audiences. In fact, she even got a chance on one of her uh, engagements to speak to an audience that, guess what? The guard, the very guard, that one of them that mistreated her and Betsy so badly was there, and she found herself forgiving even him. So today's reading from Corey goes this way. I remember as a child saying to my father, I am afraid I will never be strong enough to die as a martyr. But he said, when you have to go on a journey, When do I give you the money for the fair, Corey? Do I give it to you two weeks before? No, Daddy. You give it to me on the day I am leaving. Precisely, dear. And that is what the Savior does also. He does not give us grace now for something we may have to pass through later on. If he thinks we are worthy to die as a martyr, he gives us the strength for it at that moment. Once I was in Burundi, a civil war had broken out there. Every day, people were imprisoned, including Christians. At night, we heard shooting when many were killed. The children of God were in uncertainty. What would the future bring? On Sunday morning, I spoke in a church. One could really feel the tension. Who would be arrested this week and killed? Who would still be alive next Sunday? Then I spoke on 2 Corinthians 4.17. For our light affliction is but for a moment. It works for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. I told them of an experience I had gone through myself. When I was in a concentration camp during the war, the Bible was called the Book of Lies. It was a miracle that I still had my Bible. The room in which we lived with seven women was so dirty that we were all full of life. The guards and the other officials would never enter our room because they were afraid to get vermin from us. God can use even life. So that is why I could bring a message from God's word twice a day. One day, we got a new supervisor whose name was Lonnie. 
she was a prisoner, a cruel woman. She told the guards everything we did. One day I opened my Bible. A friend of mine said, don't do it today. Lonnie is sitting behind you. If she knows you have a Bible, she will see to it that you will be killed in a very cruel way. Give me the strength, even now, to bring your word. He answered that prayer. I read the Bible, brought the message, prayed, and then we sang, Commit thy ways unto the Lord. When the song had finished, we heard someone call, Another song like that? It was Lonnie. She had enjoyed the singing. Afterward, I got a chance to explain the gospel to her, to show her the way of salvation. I am not a hero. When you know that what you are saying can mean a cruel death, then every word is as heavy as lead. I have never had such joy and such peace in my heart as when I gave that message, neither before that time nor afterwards. God gave me grace to be a martyr. Now I know from experience that when God demands it of us, when he thinks we are worthy to be martyrs, he will also give us grace. What then is important? The important things are the text in God's word, especially those that speak of heaven. For instance, when Jesus says, in my Father's house are many mansions, If it were not so, I would have told you. Important is what is written about the glory of heaven. I thank my God for the victory through Jesus Christ. While we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen, for the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. I told them that when we found worthy to die as martyrs, martyrs' crowns are awaiting us. Eternity is long, but time is short. In that same week, many members of that church were arrested and martyred. It is necessary when we prepare ourselves for the end time also to be prepared to die for Jesus. And I'd like to leave you with a question. How can you pray? How can I pray for the martyrs around the world? Thank you so much. As always, I consider it a pleasure and an honor. And on that note, I'm going to say adieu for now. Take care. Mm-hmm.